This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guys. Well, welcome aboard for another week, a new day, and a new situation. Raptors and Golden State Warriors tied at one in the NBA Finals, and this is getaway day for everybody. Travel day for the media, 10.50. And, of course, the scene will be the Oracle, the Oracle Arena, built way back in the late 60s to be the home of the Oakland Seals when the NHL doubled in size from 6 to 12. And, of course, that didn't work out too well for the Seals, who moved on to Cleveland, morphed into Minnesota, and then moved to Dallas. And so that didn't work out for hockey, but, boys, it ever worked out for basketball. Last call for that arena. Next year, the Warriors will be playing in San Francisco in a new building, and it has served its purpose. Uh, last night, I mean, there's so many ways to go over what happened and what didn't happen, but I think you're left with the thud of the look-away moment, which was six minutes into the start of the second half, an 18-zip run by the Warriors, and try as the Raptors did, and boy, did they ever. They came within a possession of tying this game and uh, maybe winning it if they got a three and uh, sending it to overtime or all kinds of good stuff. And then Iguodala with that wide-open look, canned it, and that was it. 109-104. That 18-0 run, a six-minute span early, well, to start the, the the second half, was devastating to watch. I'm sure even if you were in the building, you would have winced. It was tough, but that comeback, you know, when you go back to the, the, the final, I guess, let's go to the, the final five minutes of regulation. So we're talking about the six minutes that start the second half and the five minutes that end the game. Raptors go on a 10-0 and run and had that defense that you couldn't help but think back to the Bucks series, the way they just pushed everybody out and throttled uh, the Golden State Warriors, couldn't get anything done. Marvelous. And if the Raptors were able to can a couple of more shots, we might be talking in different tones and terms, Uh, but there were some startling facts. Uh, In the third quarter, Golden State shot 56%, 14-25, 50% from outside from the three-point line. Uh, They were 4-8 of there. The Raptors in the third quarter fired 31.8%, 7-22, and were uh, from three-point land uh, only 2-9, of 22%. In the fourth quarter, uh, the shooting woes for the Raptors continued. The Raptors shooting at 26.9%. Golden State at 47.1. So it's always easy to say in a basketball game, if you just shoot better, you will win the game. And that would certainly be applicable there. That, that third quarter was an absolute disaster. It goes into the books as 24-21, or sorry, 34-21 uh, for Golden State. And of the 21 points, Kawhi Leonard had 12. And so where was everybody else not to be found? You know, if you want to figure out the value of Kawhi Leonard of the Raptors, when all else is failing, he is not. And he kept them alive and created the situation for that uh, fourth quarter rally. 34-21, blasted in that sec- uh, sorry the third quarter to start the second half. Uh, here is Nick Nurse and the Raptors' half-court defense struggling last night. First of all, our half-court defense is, um, first of all, it's about getting it set up. Right, there was a lot of quick possessions by them, again, probably due to uh, our offense. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing, our half-court offense is very physical, and it, and it wasn't um, very physical tonight. Mark, last in the, right, in the right way. And then again, we just made some weak side mistakes. 
So that is Nick Nurse uh, admitting to a deficiency. And really, you know, that defense is stunning to watch when it works, and it did late in the uh, the game. Uh, unfortunately, there just wasn't anything working in that third quarter. That was a disaster. There's no other way to say it. Uh, but the, the good news is they rallied and came back. And, and so you're looking at that 18-0 run responded by a 10-0 run late in the game with Kyle fouling out, which is another story. Uh, you know, you can get into the officiating, but both teams have to live with this. But there is some stuff there that you watch and you go, really? What is that? And, and all you can do is not react. And, and so when you see a player react, you understand that he's either running on fumes or is uh, emotionally drained by the call. And, uh, I mean, if he's not reacting, he's got, something, he's got an answer, right? He doesn't have an answer to the call. I'm not saying that the call is right, but it's sort of a tell when the player gets emotional. Kyle fouls out. Another great game out of Freddie V. Freddie V in this series, actually the last five games has been absolutely stunning. And so there were some noteworthy performances in that game last night that uh, for both sides that really tell you the story. And when you go into the Raptors file, you're going to see Freddie played 38 minutes at 17 points. Um, and that just continues a five-game streak for him. And while we're on streaks, we were, I guess, expecting, based on the first half, that the Raptors could win that game, and that would be six straight wins. That's a bit of an ask at this point of the season, to win six straight in the playoffs against the Bucks and the Warriors. And so you have five games and a half that were pretty darn good. You have a bad quarter and a, and a good fourth quarter. And so I can't really argue with where the Raptors are. I think... Uh, Jack Armstrong was uh, was pretty positive, saying uh, they're in good shape, and and so I would agree with that. Tied at one after one, uh, I sort of mapped out a uh, a pseudo way for the the Raptors to win this, and that's you know that's top end, that's being optimistic, but the way I had it was tied at two after four, and and uh, so 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 you win one game here, you win one game there. There has to be some back and forth, and and clearly. When you're looking at what the difference in Golden State was, I came up with three answers. One is Dramond Green, who was uh, 17 points last night, 10 rebounds, nice double-double. Cousins, 28 minutes, 10 rebounds, and 11 points. And off the bench uh, was Cook, who had nine points, but he had a couple of threes in a row that absolutely iced him, 21 minutes of play. Uh, when you go back to game one, Cousins, who only played eight minutes, but this is a this is a big guy. When you see him out in the floor, I mean, I was up in the in the hockey press box. I look down and see this guy and go, "Wow, what a wingspan! This guy's beefy. He's huge. He covers a lot of a uh, lot of uh, area, square footage on the floor. And you're not going to drive through him. You're going to bounce off him. I mean, he just makes life difficult. And so when you add those three performances together and and sprinkle in. Thompson and Curry at 23 and 25 points. Curry 23, Thompson 25. Now that's pretty well your ball game for the Warriors. They did what they wanted to do. The Raptors uh, tried to but couldn't respond. But, you know, when we were here Friday, we talked about the punch-counterpunch, and so uh, that was a bit of a tell for the Raptors in Game 1. They showed what they were going to do, and it was up to the Warriors to counter, and yeah, they did. So Pascal Siakam last night, 41 minutes, 5 of 18 and 12 points, and so his game was altered, and it had to be. Kawhi Leonard came in with 34 points, and I have a stat here. He is, uh, that's his 12th 30-point game of the playoffs. And in the last 10 years, only LeBron and Kobe have done that. So that's the category, that's the company that he travels with. So Kawhi Leonard, uh, as I said, in the third quarter, kept them alive when when nobody else was really firing. He was. Uh, I talked about Freddie Van Vliet off the bench. Uh, Again, another stud performance. Kyle Fowles out, had 13 points. And... uh, you know, Gasol, uh, an industrious game, but only six points. And I, I think probably the easiest way to sum this up would be that what the Raptors got in game one, which means everybody participating offensively, 
I think you would agree that the Warriors got that last night. They had contributions from all over, and I think uh, Jack Armstrong called it the satellite players, people on the outside of the roster contributing, and I think that's what it takes to win this. And so on to Oakland for Game 3 on Wednesday night, and uh, Game 4 will be Friday night, and uh, pregame for both at 7 on TSN 1050. Uh, Nick Nurse uh, got into this, and there was some sort you know, you try to build a story out of this, Curry's comments of disrespecting Iguodala at the end by leaving him open, and of course he had the back-breaking shot. Nick Nurse on that item. We weren't disrespecting anybody. We were up guarding hard, and we put two on Steph, and we, hell, he threw it, almost threw it right to Kawhi, right? Pretty good defense. You know, they were scrambling around, running around like crazy, but then they found Iggy, right? They found him. And like I said, I'm, I, if he's going to take that and give us a chance to get the ball back and win the game, I'm, we're going to probably live with that. It wasn't like we were disrespecting him and not, not trying to guard him. We were in a trap and rotating out of there. And, and um, I'd like to go back and try that again about ten times and see if one of them doesn't go our way. So this is what we're all prone to do after a loss is you, you boil it down to one play. And there were a lot of plays. Nobody's mentioned about that goaltending two that the Raptors got ripped off for in the first half and you know when we're talking about a five-point margin yeah that's a factor i know there's a lot of game to be played after it but you tend to deal with what happens at the very end and and, and try to replay it making your adjustments it just didn't work and the bottom line is after clawing their way back in they just came up probably a basket short i, I don't have much of a problem with that uh, nurse was asked how much he's going to think about the start to the second half yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly going to have to look at it. And, you know, I've, I've always said, even this series and the last series, that offense is really important, uh, taking care of the ball and scoring it, because if you don't, they're coming at you really fast the other way. And, it, and again, we've got to be able to get our defense set up, and it's a lot harder when you're not taking care of it or scoring. We had four or five decent possessions there and we just came away empty on all of them and then we had probably four or five that were not good possessions either so you know certainly the offense hurt the chance to get the defense set up there so yeah I'm gonna have to rewatch that I'm probably not gonna enjoy that very much but I'm gonna have to check it out boy nobody did I, I don't know where you were when you watched this I was watching and I, literally it's I lost interest for about five minutes because it was just there was nothing there for whatever reason and that just could be the fact that you, you won five straight and played a, a pretty good first half, and, and just maybe you just you didn't have it for for five or six minutes, and and against the best team in the world, that that's uh, that's how you're going to pay for. It. And he talked about eight or nine to ten possessions where it didn't work. Well, if you're not going to score, and they are, do the math. I mean, that's an eighteen nothing run. That's pretty damning stuff. Uh, having said that. Uh, you know, the Raptors did claw back into it. Freddie Van Vliet on emotions after the game, considering the Raptors fought back. Yeah, we're good. I mean, it's, it, I don't, you guys didn't think this was going to be sweet. I don't know, like, what you guys thought this series was going to look like, but we went into it expecting a dogfight. And, yes, we won game one. I think everybody else outside of our locker room was a lot more excited than we were. And we understand, you know, what this team bring, brings and, and what type of effort it's going to take to beat these guys. So um, we know what we're dealing with here. And, and, obviously, we would like to play better. And um, we would like to have a chance to win at the end like we did. We fought back. And uh, we know that going towards game three, we got to play a lot better and it's going to be even harder on the road. Um, but we're capable, and uh, you know we know what we bring to the table. So just got to regroup, flush it, and uh, get back to work tomorrow. Yeah, nobody was thinking sweet, but I think most people felt that the Raptors should be up 2 nothing because as it goes back to 
Golden State, Oakland, uh, the Oracle Arena, that that the that would favor the Warriors. Having said that, it's sort of in an altered state. Uh, Thompson left, and it looked like kind of a painful injury. If you saw the highlight, how he landed after his shot was awkward, to say the least, in capital letters. And so I don't know if that's a rip tear or, or whatever. They're going to do an exam on it today, an MRI on it today, to understand the injury. And, and you would assume that he would play, but, but you don't know. We don't know when KD comes back, but um, maybe the fact that the series is even pushes him back to Game 4. Don't know what's going to happen there. And Higodala, even though he got the, the dagger uh, late in the game, uh, is, is beat up. I would suggest to you that a lot of people are beat up. I'm sure Kawhi uh, needs the rest as well. So I, I don't know exactly what all this means, but it's something to sort of track over the next uh, 72 hours as we get set for Game 3 on, on Wednesday. And uh, I guess it's 48 hours, isn't it? But anyway, uh, you know, you, you look at that stuff, and, and it could be a factor or not, but but it does leave you with the feeling that even though they didn't win last night, the door is sort of open there for the Raptors just because they might be able to exploit some of these losses in terms of personnel for the Warriors and maybe maybe it gets them, I'm not going to say a lead, but I always thought if they could be, as I said this earlier, if they could be tied at two after four, and then you reduce it to a two out of three with, with two of those games on home court, we might be talking about something, but you have to get there first. Two big games um, will lead the way and, and give us some sort of a, a hint in that direction. Uh, we have more post-game sound from last night. Uh, I'm going to go to Kyle Lowry and his thoughts on how the Raptors lost this game. Third quarter, we didn't play well enough. We did, we missed too many shots. Um, they got tra- got out in transition and got a little bit of confidence going. Third quarter, we we lost the game there, and you know, we fought back and you know did a great job. But uh, we got to I think we just missed some we missed some some looks in the third quarter that we usually make. And of course, he did foul out, and here he is on how foul trouble impacts his game. A lot, a lot. It affects a lot. It takes me off the floor. You have to be more careful when you have the five there or the six that you picked up. I mean, listen, I'm not going to get in trouble. But, uh, you know, a lot of things that uh, a couple of them I think were, you know, I didn't think I fouled, but they were called. And you got to just keep moving on. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I got to put myself in a better position not to foul. You know, this is different from the other rounds. I don't remember the Raptors worrying about foul trouble in any of the other, in any of the other rounds. Wow. This morning stuff's a kill. But anyway, uh, you know, the, the something to deal with, and, and he can't uh, really react to it the way he did, but, uh, you know, his, his tank was empty. Uh, just looking around for some other notes here from uh, turnovers. Uh, the Golden State Warriors had 16 and gave up 16 points. The Raptors had 15 and gave up 18 points. So, you know, that was sort of even. I remember suggesting on Friday that the Golden State Warriors turnover total was too high and they'd like to cut that back but they did not in the disastrous third quarter the raptors had seven turnovers that is an absolute wow that that's that that's a mark you, i mean you can't recover from that and and yet they made it close seven turnovers in a quarter you would take that in a half maybe but in a quarter that's just uh, pretty damning stuff in the fourth quarter did they tighten up yeah they had one turnover so adjustments were made, and it, probably that's the most inspirational thing about what we see from the Raptors is it's not a one-trick pony. I mean, something goes wrong, they fix it. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, bleeding all over the place in the start of the second half that couldn't be repaired, but slowly but surely they fought, they fought their way back in. Um, and here is, from the other side, Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors in the third quarter run that his team went on, that 18-zip thing. I mean, I, I couldn't have envisioned, you know, 14-0, but uh, I, I liked, I liked our position. 
Uh, it felt like we should have been down by a lot more than five. And, um, you know, for the first quarter and a half, we, we had really had a tough time scoring. And um, so the, the last, whatever it was, four, five, six minutes, um, the game loosened up and, and we finally broke free and started, uh, you know, getting some... Uh, some buckets we started to look like ourselves and um, and so at that point it just felt better and then you know the second half we we got it rolling and you know we ended up with 34 assists which is you know more like our team that is steve kerr after the golden state 109 104 win last night series tied at one coming up next we'll have brian hayes host of overdrive on tsn 1050 this is raptor shoot around tsn 1050 tsn 1050.ca also available on the tsn and iheart radio apps that's a wake-up call, isn't it? Raptor Shootaround continues. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Then Leafs Lunch takes over. Then Matty Cause will be in from 1-4, to four, followed by Overdrive. And so that 18-0 run is actually 4-0 going into the halftime break. And then 14-0 coming out. And another, uh, just another thing to put beside Kawhi Leonard's name. He was 16-16 of 16 from the line. Most uh, free throws without a miss ever in the finals game. So this guy just keeps piling it up. Uh, let's bring in Brian Hayes, host of Overdrive and TSN 1050. Brian, how are you this morning? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me, Chad, man. Our pleasure. Um, I, I'm not going to play yes guy, no guy. It's too early for that. <laughs> um, having said that, what, were you, what was your take? What was your takeaway from that performance last night? Uh, well, I look at it micro-macro. Um, from a macro perspective, I always figured Golden State was going to get a win in Toronto. You know, it just it, they're too good. Um, they're a championship team. They're a team that's been through the ringer so many times. At some point, they were going to win a, uh, win a game at Scotiabank. So um, even before the series tipped off, I always believed the Raptors were going to win this series. They were going to have to win a game uh, in Oakland. You know, they're going to have to go into Oracle, and they're going to have to win a game. So I'm, I'm not surprised that at some point Golden State got one here. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, you get a split at home. You head out to the West Coast. Um, I think there's a lot of positives that came out of these first two games from a Raptors uh, standpoint. But when you look at the micro, um, you know, that was a really, really missed opportunity. Um, And it was a sequence of missed opportunities throughout the course of the game. I thought they dominated the first half. And it was a missed opportunity that they were only up five at the half. Because, you know, I thought they were... Um, they were manhandling them, quite frankly, the way they were playing on both ends of the court. Really, it was, it was Clay Thompson that kept Golden State in the game. Steph Curry brought nothing in the first half uh, until late in that second quarter when he started hitting some buckets and he closed the score a little bit. But I thought it was a missed opportunity that they were only up five. You mentioned that 18-0 run, which at home during a playoff game, let alone in the NBA Finals, could never happen. I mean, it simply cannot happen. Uh, I thought, you know, there were a lot of breakdowns defensively by the Raptors during that run. And quite frankly, they, they settled for shots, even though some of them were wide-open shots and they couldn't hit shots. You know, and it's a, a make-or-miss league, and that was exposed at that point. But even with all that said, they, they were in the game. You know, they were in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, and Clay Thompson leaves with whatever it was, six, seven minutes to go, if not a little bit less than that. Um, I didn't think Steph Curry had a great night. You know, 23 points. I think he had, what, four assists. Um, he didn't have a great night, and that was a missed opportunity. Uh, so you can go down the list. Um, I think the Raptors really had a chance to win that game. They probably should have won that game, all things considered. And that said, it's 1-1. You're going out west. You've got to find a, get a, uh, find a way to get a win on the road.
Yeah, Curry had the four assists. You're right there. He wasn't feeling well, uh, but I, I would agree. Uh, you know, missed opportunity, and, and it's sort of that's how you build the positive case for the Raptors. Because the Warriors are not at full strength, you want to take advantage. But but I think you would agree they have to be two two after four, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You don't want to be putting yourself in a situation where um, you know Golden State's got three games to just get one win, including one back at Oracle. Um, you've got to get a split. Um, I think game three is probably the most important game of the series for the Raptors because if you go down 2-1 and you allow you know the health maybe to pick up a little bit for Golden State, you allow them to smell blood. Again, this is a team that they're so confident, they're so cocky, but you, know, you understand that confidence, Golden State, because of what they've managed to do throughout this five-year run. Um, they know when they have to put the pedal to the metal, and if they feel like they've got you, you know, they got you in a bit of a chokehold. They will choke you out if you go down 2-1 and they have that opportunity to take it uh, 3-1 coming back here for Game 5. So, absolutely. You've got to match what they just did to you. You know, you, you've got to come back 2-2. Um, I believe that before the series, that if the Raptors were going to win this, it was probably going to, you know, whittle down to a best two out of three with, with them having home court. Um, similar to what happened with Philly. You know, it was the same kind of scenario. Now, they went into Philly and they got smoked in Game 3, and they battled out a big win in Game 4, but that's exactly what happened. They came back, Game 5, it was 2-2. They found a way to win both games on home court, um, and I think that's probably going to have to happen uh, in this series with Golden State. But, you know, big picture, again, I, I take a lot of positives out of the first two games, and I think the Clay Thompson injury is huge. I don't think Kevin Durant's coming back at any point in the series, but I definitely don't think he's coming back for game three or game four. So, you know, the Raptors should feel uh, fairly optimistic that they can get one in Oakland over the next couple of games. Uh, I'm a big fan of the punch-counterpunch, and, and clearly things were going to change for the Warriors. Uh, I penciled in Green as uh, having a, a comeback performance. Cousins, uh, you know, we sat beside each other in game one, and he only played eight minutes, but you noticed him every time he was on the court, and, and boy, was he effective last night. And and uh, Cook off the bench, really timely threes. Uh, those three guys alone drove that team. Yeah, well, that was the that was basically what happened. Um, you know, it was very similar to what the Raptors did in game one, where it was more of their depth players that carried them to a game one victory. You know, Kawhi Leonard did not have a great game one. Uh, Kyle Lowry did not have a great game one, yet they found a way to win by nine because Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka, uh, Norman Powell and Van Bleet, you know, these guys had big, big games. And I think that's exactly what happened last night. Uh, and that's another missed opportunity. This was not a Steph Curry, iconic, Hall of Fame, highlight reel type of night. And Clay Thompson was hot in the first half, but he cooled down in the second half and then he got injured. Um, now, Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer, and he's a spectacular player. And I called him out. You called him out. Everyone called him out for his effort in game one, where I thought he really got exposed. Yeah. He really showed up last night. So full credit to Draymond, and he's a part of that big three. But beyond that, you're right. It was Quinn Cook with wide-open shots. It was Andrew Bogut with easy tip-ins and dunks at the rim where they just didn't protect properly. Um, they, got ex- they, they got beat by the, by the depth guys, you know. Boogie Cousins showed up, like you said. Uh, McKinney, I thought, had a pretty good night and had a couple of buckets that were probably too easy that the Raptors would like to have back. Um, so that's it felt probably you know uh, pretty similar to what happened in Game 1, only the roles were reversed. Instead of the Raptors' role players, quote-unquote, uh, last night it was more Golden State. 
Well, and, and mix in the effect that has on Pascal Siakam. He goes from 32 points to 12, and uh, really wasn't able to do what he was able to do uh, in terms of how he played in Game 1. He was, uh, as Sam Mitchell said in the post game, he was resorting to the jump shot. I mean, he has to do more than that. Well, and that's what I think was disappointing about that, that third quarter run for Golden State. Um, is It's not as if, you know, now the Warriors are going to get all the credit for that, and they, they deserve some. I mean, they definitely showed up. They knew it. They went in in the half, and I said, guys, we can't go down 2 nothing here. We've got to find a way to go on a run. And, and they did. But it's not as if they were making it, you know, impossible for the Raptors to generate offense. Um, they were just missing shots. You know, a lot of them were wide-open shots, or in Siakam's case, um, they were shots where you'd like to say, okay, dude, you don't have it tonight. You know, he went 14 for 17 in game one. It's about recognizing where you are in each individual game, and he was not aggressive enough last night. Uh, Marcus Saul was willing to take the shot in game one. He wasn't willing to take the shot last night. Uh, Danny Green went cold again last night. He showed up and hit some big shots in game one. Um, it was as if the Raptors felt like, okay, we shot the lights out in game one. We were shooting so well against Milwaukee. Why not continue to ride that wave? And that was a lack of awareness on their on their end last night. I don't think there's any question about it because they just simply did not be – they weren't aggressive enough. You know, I thought Kawhi was. You know, you mentioned that stat. Leonard got to the line 16 times. Leonard was a beast last night. And the Raptors are bigger. They're stronger. They're capable of, I think, taking over physically – um, but they simply did not do that last night once the game started to really get pushed back in their face, uh, specifically in the third quarter. Well, I'd like your take on this. I mean, this is how things reverse. I, I think it was said after game one that the Golden State Warriors made it close by their, their shooting from the line, and if you go to Kawhi's line of 16 of 16, you could say the Raptors did that. They made it close because of his shooting from the line. Yeah, I mean, and, and that listen, you got to give credit to Kawhi because he got there so much. You yeah. know, and the same thing in, in, in the first game. And I know people are complaining about the officiating, and that, that's, that's what comes with the NBA. But the Raptors got to the line more than Golden State did. You know, by the end of the game, you look at the numbers, the Raptors got their opportunities, and they took advantage of it specifically because of Kawhi Leonard. You know, and that speaks to just how good he is that, you know, 16 points from the line. <laughs> That's an absurd number in an NBA Finals game. Um, and you're, you're right. I mean, when you look at the game sheet towards the end of the game and you start looking over the summary, there's, there's a million different stats that you can look at and try to figure out how we got here. But I think it's one of, that's one of those stats where if I told you before the game, you know, Kawhi's going to be from the line, do you feel like the Raptors are going to have a good shot? You'd probably say yes. Um, and it was a close game. You know, I, I don't think Golden State's leaving Toronto feeling like they have this in the bag. You know, I, I think they're confident. I think they're always confident. They always should be confident. But I get, I guarantee you, man, they're on their way back home, and they're thinking, we, we've got a series here, uh, partially because of the injury problems that they have, but also because of what, what the Raptors can supply. You know, Kawhi Leonard is not going to slow down. He's going to continue to come at them. I think they'll shoot better. Uh, I'm still waiting on Kyle Lowry to continue to, to kind of get into the series. I'd like to see a little bit more offensively out of him. But this is, I, I think this is going six or seven, and I think the Raptors should feel pretty optimistic that they have a shot here. Yeah, I mean, when you go back over the two games, if you can rip out the the, the 18 nothing run, which is 4 nothing going into the break and 14 nothing coming out, uh, but if you just look at the rest of the way the series is played, it's, it's pretty, it, I mean, it's pretty even. It's back and forth, and, and I think that's what we're going to get the rest of the way. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think that's exactly what, we're gonna, what we should expect. 
you know, I went back this morning and looked back on uh, that four-game series against Cleveland a year ago. Uh, and obviously, we all remember the J.R. Smith fumble towards the end of the fourth quarter. But once it got into overtime, Golden State won that first game by 10. Uh, and then beyond that, they just blew them out three straight games. Like, it was never close. Um, these were close games. Like, the Warriors... You know, it, it, this is where I think reputation determines the narrative, you know, and, and they've built up the reputation. They've been to five straight NBA finals. They deserve all the respect in the world. But because they're Golden State, they will get the benefit of the doubt that they knew they had to win it and they dug deep and they went out there and they got that game and they deserve to win it. Because the Raptors have never been to a finals, the narrative will be they don't know how to close, they choked it out, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you could argue the opposite. I think you could absolutely argue Golden State got lucky and they stole one last night. Like I, I don't, I didn't walk away from that game outside of that run uh, to end the second and to begin the third. And a lot of that again was self-inflicted pain by the Raptors missing wide open shots or simply having breakdowns that they have not done. Going back to Game Three against Milwaukee, um, where Milwaukee, Golden State, you know, they 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 basically stole the game. You know, they didn't dominate that game. That wasn't that wasn't the big, bad Golden State Warriors. You know, I think a lot of people would have expected that uh, coming into this series, the way they had played against Portland, uh, the aura of Golden State, that they were going to win one of these games by, you know, 15 or 20 points. And they didn't. You know, the Raptors had opportunities. Once it got past the halfway point of the third quarter and especially into the fourth quarter, I mean, the score was stuck at 106-98 for like, four minutes or it felt like that the Raptors hit any shots they could have had that game and even towards the last possession uh, it was a two-point game you know it's a two-point game with 27 seconds to go you know this is Golden State this is a team that again a lot I'm sure a lot of people thought would sweep or win in five and I guess winning in five is still an opportunity for them but they did not come in here and dominate um, and I think over the course of you know eight quarters the Raptors the Raptors have been a better team um, now it shifts to, to, to Oracle, and, and that building is, is going to be loud. Uh, that crowd is going to be going crazy. Um, we'll find out about the health scenarios with Golden State. But uh, the Raptors are in this, man. I, I don't think the Raptors are flying west thinking uh, we, we've missed out on a huge opportunity or we can't find a way to pick up a win um, in the Bay Area. I, I, I think they can. I think they will. I think this is going six or seven games. Um, and I think there are more positives than negatives uh, from a Raptors perspective through two games. Brian, thanks very much. All right, Tom. See you later. Brian Hayes, host of Overdrive and TSN 1054-7 with O-Dog and Noodles later today in their regular spots. O-Dog's been ramped lately. I don't know what's going on there, but it's kind of intriguing and fun to watch. <laughs> shooting. Yeah, it's always about shooting in basketball. Last night, the Raptors, 37.2%. Game one, 50%. And so uh, later on, uh, probably towards the end of the show, I'm going to do a Game 1 versus Game 2 comparison. Coming up at the top of the hour, Chuck Swirsky, former voice of the Raptors. And next, Kate Burness, our TSN Raptors host and reporter. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptors Shootaround, Jim Taddy with you until noon. Leafs lunch with Andy Petrillo at noon. Matt Cause, 1 to 4 with his special edition of Game Day, all geared at the Raptors, and then Overdrive will dive in as well. You heard that Matt Cause liner was recorded on Friday and about how the Raptors' uh, extra players, the periphery players, added in and did a nice job. That was the Golden State story last night, no question about that. Let's bring in Kate Burness. At Kate Burness is the Twitter account. Kate, how are you this morning? Doing good, Jim. How you doing? Very good. What What did you 
absolutely turn your head away at last night. It had to be the start of the second half. That was tough to watch. Uh, you know what? Just watching you know, Golden State's postseason run and what they did to Portland at times, what they did to Houston in the third quarter, it sounds terrible. But in game one, I was expecting it as well. Um, but I, I just... I, I think they were just kind of speakers that their feet were in the mud in uh, in game one, but just knowing how good they are in that third quarter. But I didn't I didn't expect it to go 18-0. I mean that that was tough to watch. But yeah, it just kind of got to a point where it was cringeworthy. It was cringeworthy, and yet they clawed their way back in. I mean, it was a marvelous comeback, slow but sure, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you know what? That that just shows you the resiliency of this Raptors team, and this is something that. I've come to learn this postseason run versus like last year's, for example, when they get behind and you're like, okay, I've seen enough Raptor games to know what's going to happen. This is such a different team, though. I mean, their mindset's different, their mentality's different, the experience is different. Heck, they have a you know world class player in Kawhi Leonard, and I just think, you know, you knew it was a possibility, but at the end of the game, it's and I mean, so many people last night were all over me. Oh, the refing, the refing. Yeah, just a couple of calls, a hundred percent. A couple of calls were absolute crap. But I think, ultimately, they had their chances at the end of that game. They missed wide-open shots. Marcus all became tentative again. Uh, they reverted back to old habits that had burned them in the past. And the problem is, where you're able to save yourself against a team like the 76ers or the Magic, even Milwaukee at times, it doesn't work with the Golden State Warriors. You miss those type of opportunities, they will not let you forgive yeah, you know, it's interesting. When you watch when they struggle, it's almost like they don't have the energy to do everything and they resort to jump shots and they, they miss shots. So the shooting last night, as I said earlier, was 37.2%, 50% in game one. I mean, the 50% is an outlier, but the 372 is just not good enough. Well, it certainly isn't, but now I would give better credit to the Warriors' defense last night. Uh, they came out right away. You're like, oh, wow. Like, the intensity defensively for the Golden State Warriors at a totally different level last night. Um, you know, and Nick Nurse kind of explained it on Kawhi Leonard in that first game. They doubled, and then they blitzed. And what they did this time was, were they still showing Kawhi those? Yeah, they, they were still all over Kawhi. But at the same time, look at the job that Draymond did last night on Pascal Siakam. They made the Raptors' lives tough last night. So, did the Raptors have a poor shooting night? Yes. But I also give credit to Golden State defense in that performance. Well, and Cousins was a big factor. I mean, even in game one, in the eight minutes, this is a big, big man. And last night, he just blocked up a lot of stuff, didn't he? <laughs> He's huge. I have to yeah. interview him post-game. He's actually, you know, one of the actually fun parts is, too, as much as you want to see the Raptors do well, you do get to know some of the opposing teams and... Um, it, it, I'll admit, Boogie Cousins is, is a character. I mean, right away, he was just so fired up for his performance and, and just being able to contribute like that. And he's been sitting a long time uh, since the beginning of the playoffs when he went down against the Clippers. So he was. And you can see he is exhausted. I mean, he was catching his breath still in our interview. And that's understandable to be put back in the NBA Finals and, and kind of propelled into that role. Um, but he does it as a different element. And as much as you can criticize him for maybe slowing down that Golden State offense, to have a presence like that against Marc Gasol is, is a totally different animal as well. So I, I think that they need to watch tape on Boogie now. They need to readjust. But, you know, you mentioned all the other players, too. A guy like Quinn Cook putting up nine points. Um, you know, Iggy having that wide open shot. I mean, there's just there's certain things you just can't do in, in a game like that. 
And, and yet you feel some optimism or a lot of optimism for the Raptors just based on the fact that as good as the Warriors are, they're not totally healthy, and that's something that can be exploited. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures. I saw Iguodala was, like, yeah. in a wheelchair, for goodness sake. So, you know, Clay's hamstring, uh, Kevin Durant, like, it, was he shooting? Yes, but he was in sandals, for goodness sake. It's not like he's going to be at 100%. Um, I just and, and everyone's banged up this time of year. Like, if you watch Kyle Lowry take the tape off his finger, it is cringeworthy. Um, everyone's not at 100%, but I think the Warriors are more injured than the Raptors. So you don't ever want to, like, oh, we won because of this, but at the same time, you have to take advantage if they're not at 100% health, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the opportunity's there. You have to, I mean, you can't give it back. Kawhi Leonard just is absolutely stunning. Well, the Raptors are getting mopped up in that third quarter. He had 12 of their 21 points, and, you know, this. Uh, he, you know, he's full value. We always wondered in the past what, what a guy like that would do for the Raptors. Well, he does everything. He does. And you know what? The part of his game that I just I, I can't get over the most right now, the way he flies in for boards, the way he goes, I mean, you know, they miss a shot offensive boards. Where have, we've talked about it so much during the postseason when the Raptors had lapses in that area of the stat sheet. And Kawhi is on a different level. He has this sense of the game, and, you know, from his steals to his boards to his reads, it's just his whole game blows my mind. It really does. And then the fact that he obviously is, like, leading the way 90% of the time in terms of points. Um, I just think he does so much, and he brings so much to the table for this team. And it's something that the Raptors as friend. I believe he's the greatest player in Raptors franchise history um, after, after being able to watch him. And um, whatever happens to him, I get asked that question all the time. I, we have no idea. No one has any idea. I don't even know if Kawhi has any idea right now. Hmm. Uh, but but what, a, what a privilege to be able to watch this man play basketball. And again, another great performance from Freddie V. The 17 points, that's five games in a row. I mean, he was, in, he was sort of missing in action before that five-game run, but he is a key guy. He played 38 minutes last night. You know what I love about Freddie, too? is like Freddie never doubted himself. And ever since his son's been born, I don't know what it is with Fred Van Vliet Jr. And I love how when we did that interview after the game in Milwaukee, when he was so good that night, it was the game after like he hadn't slept for like two days. He was flying back and forth from Rockford, Illinois. Um, he like he just he never honestly he just he never gives up on himself. And uh, and his slogan is "Bet on yourself." I think the thing with Freddie is sometimes Freddie's so intelligent. I think he actually gets into his own mind too much. If he's overthinking a shot, if he's, you know, overthinking pass, plays, whatever it may be. And this is just my analogy of the whole situation. Maybe with, you know, taking a step back and, you know, his son being born and the lack of sleep, he, he hasn't been able to just concentrate on hoops. And I think there's something to be said about that because I think when he relaxes a little bit and doesn't overthink it, then his shot comes a lot more naturally. So he, he's been great. He's been, honestly, the best story of the last five games. So here we sit tied at one after two games, and, and you'd like it to be tied at two after four. Uh, you, you can't really be too critical of what happened last night. There's that gap, obviously, that, that started the second half that was dreadful. But, but the rest of it's okay. And, and, you know, and if you take that gap out of those first two games, you've got a lot of back and forth. There's not much separating these two, so it should be a really good long series. You know, I hope so. I said going in six or seven. So, I mean, I'm totally out of the prediction game, though. I have no idea. I mean, when we were down two zip to the Bucks, I didn't think. I thought it was going to be really tough, especially with them having home court. Uh, in saying that, I think a couple factors will play. 
into this one. If Kevin Durant does come back and uh, and he's Kevin Durant, then that's going to be problematic because even last night you saw the attention Steph got at the end. Like when Steph's on, and even Clay, if Clay's healthy as well, the way those guys can fire off the ball so quickly, like it, it barely touches their hands. It's just mind blowing. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously. And you know, if KD comes back and he does someone help that just puts more attention on KD and less on, on Steph and Clay. So that would be okay. Do I think the Raptors can do it? Absolutely. I'm not saying that they can't do it. Um, and I just know how tough of a place Oracle is to play. I mean, it's it's arguably the loudest arena in the league. Um, this will be the last time that they play home games at Oracle because it's, obviously they're moving. So it's going to be really tough. Um, but I think they have to be able to pull one away. They can't come back to Toronto 3-1. Yeah, the way you described the, the three-pointer out of uh, Curry or Thompson, I, mean, I call it a flick of the wrist, but but it's it's I mean, it's mean it's done with such grace and quickness, and the way it always hits the same spot at the back of the rim and down, I mean, it's, it's a silencer, isn't it? It is, and it's just like it's so fluid. I mean, and Curry, don't get me wrong, like, I mean, he did not have a good start to that game yesterday. But then it's like as soon as he hits one, you're just like, ooh, you just know that that confidence is back. And, and watching the play call, too, the play call seems so simple. Um, you know, pass, screen, come off the screen, touch, shot. Like it's just as, as simple as it is, but he's just so elusive and he's so bloody quick that it's, you, don't, you can't really do much about it. So, I mean, I don't know how you, how you stop that. Maybe let him get his and, and shut down the rest. But it, it is something to watch. I mean, he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. So, as I said about Kawhi, whatever happens, I mean, I think we're all in a situation right now where we're watching some of the greatest basketball and some of the greatest basketball players of all time. What do you think the Raptors do differently in Game 3? Oh, I mean, to, you know, like, like I think Mark, it was Marcus Saul last night who was like, oh, I got to hit shots. So you have to, you have to hit shots. I mean, I think they did overall a really, really good job. Um, you can't have runs like the 18-0. That buried them. And uh, I think they need to come out a lot differently in the second half because this is, Warriors have done this the whole postseason. This is nothing new. Um, you, may, you may need to focus in more on guys like Quinn Cook. You can't leave Iggy open like that. Um, so yeah, I just think I think a lot. I don't think they make many adjustments. I really don't. I think it was a really good game. I just think the 18-0 run absolutely buried them. Kate, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me. Kate Burness, our TSN Raptors reporter. At Kate Burness is the Twitter account. I mean, that visual of Curry and Thompson. Uh, it's been going for a number of years. Not a breaking story. But the speed in which that happens, one or two passes, flick of the wrist, and, and the shot, either one of them, the perfect arc, and it hits just gently the back of the rim and in. And when you watch it, you go, my goodness, everybody else is, you know, they're pumping the hell out of the ball, or, or it's, it's short, it's an air ball, hits the front of the rim. That thing is perfection from both of them. Curry last night, 41 minutes, uh, 6 of 17 from the field, 3 of 10 from uh, outside, and you'll recall probably each of the three shots, 23 points in the night. What else did he have? Four assists, uh, three rebounds, three steals. That's impressive. Thompson, 32 minutes, 10 of 17 from the field, 4 of 6 from three-point land. Uh, he had five assists and a steal and 25 points and, and landed awkwardly. And I don't know if that's a stretch rip or tear or whatever of the hamstring, but it looked awkward. You saw him after the game greeting his players. He had the ice pack on his uh, thigh, and so don't know exactly how that plays out. Uh, Wallistam is sore 
Um, they're going to do an MRI on that and figure out what the damage is, but that might be something to exploit. But those two guys, uh, I call them the silencers because the shot comes out of nowhere and it's in before you can even know what happened, and it's a thing of beauty. It's it's just so effortless, and these are the best guys in the business. Curry certainly leading the way, but uh, Thompson is no slouch either. And so that's something that, that the Raptors really can't contend with. I mean, how do you deal with that? You, you try to minimize it, and, and uh, you know, I guess you could look at it as uh, that wasn't the reason the Warriors won last night. I, I, I put the green performance up there, stunning come around, uh, tur- turnaround actually from game one. 11 points in was very disruptive to the Raptors, and the Cook plays off the bench a couple of back-to-back threes stunningly efficient and so the flip side of that is Siakam with 12 points Gasol was six and off the bench uh, the Raptors I have the bench scoring written down here somewhere uh, 31-25 uh, the Raptors won that but uh, it was diversity of of um, I guess participation on the score sheet and performance from Golden State which was the Raptors story in game one that sort of decides this thing coming up in hour number two Chuck Swirsky one of the It's not the original, but he was a longtime play-by-play voice of the Raptors will join us. And also Matthew Cause will stop by as well. You're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.